0: abraham lincoln radio studio at the george washington broadcast center jack armstrong and joe getty the armstrong and getty show thanks to inflation thanksgiving 2021 could be the most expensive meal in the history of the holiday and that's saying something the first thanksgiving cost native americans an entire continent (laughs) now no part of thanksgiving table too soon it's too soon No part of the Thanksgiving table is safe. High prices are hitting sweet potatoes, pie, dinner rolls, even the disposable aluminum turkey roasting pan. Not the aluminum roasting pan. That's the moistest part of the turkey. Even canned cranberry sauce will cost more, in part because China is limiting steel production to reduce carbon emissions. What? You lied to us, Greta Thunberg. You told us fighting climate change would be hard, but you never told us the cost. A world without can shaped towers of gelatinous red sugar plasma. <laughs>
3: blah blah blah. <laughs> gelatinous sugar plasma. That's Blah blah blah.
2: Blah blah blah.
3: <laughs> Cigarette sales rose for the first time in many years last year, the smoky coughing details coming up. Really? Yeah. Huh. number of cigarettes purchased by wholesalers and retailers rose slightly. The first uptick in over
4: two decades. You know, I haven't told this story. Do I want to tell this story? Yeah, Untold till this go moment. ahead. I suppose there's no harm. You know, Michael always <laughs> says, go ahead. Uh, uh, shortly after I found out I was getting divorced, I'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> oh, my. I bought a pack of cigarettes wow yeah and i smoked a couple was it just kind of an effort moment i i well I, i'm an alcoholic and i haven't had a drink in 15 years 15 and a half years i think it was taking a step toward that road ah. but not going any further or oh, an I, exploratory think, I think, that, I think as a buddy of mine said, um, dude, nobody starts smoking in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends are for. It was weird. It was a weird thing. So um, I'm outside of this bar, not because I wanted to drink, but why was I? why was I there? Oh, I went to get a pizza or something like that, which was nearby this bar. And I heard music coming out of this bar. And I drove over. To listen to the music, there was actually a band playing out front of this bar. Now, this was several months back when I hadn't seen or heard any live music in a, over a year. I don't know about anybody else.
3: Oh, you know what? That reminds me, before we get to back to your tale, which I'm sure is fascinating, Judy and I were walking through one of the mountainy touristy towns a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they had uh, like a, a, a polka band out front playing polkas. I'm like, what the hell? I haven't heard a Polkin forever, and it was pretty crowded that day. And they were playing the uh, the uh, "I don't want her, you can have her, she's too fat for me" song. That's not. And I'm okay looking anymore, around, 21st century America. There's going to be plenty of he's and she's on any street in America who kind of answer to that song, and I was looking around super uncomfortable. Oh, here comes a heavy gal. Oh no, no, this is guys. Pick another song. So many good polkas, and they all sound exactly the same.
2: <laughs> I don't
4: want her. You can have her. She's. A, stop using gendered language in polkas to describe fat people. You're Seriously, right. sing all, some other words. All poker sound exactly the same. <laughs> Don't choose one that's, you know, it's Me Too expiration date is passed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, well said. Anyway, back at the bar where there's live music going on that's presumably inoffensive to obese people of any gender.
4: So I've hit this uh, incredibly sad, rough, emotionally uh, draining spot in my life, and um, uh, uh, and I'm getting a pizza or something like that. And I hear live music, and I thought, is that actually a band? And I drive over to where the band is because I hadn't heard a band in like or seen a band in over a year. It was actually a live band playing outside of this bar. Like I, I don't suppose they were allowed in the bar at this time, and it was kind of cold outside and everything like that. Anyway, it's a bar I used to play at. With, with various people back in the day, and I don't know what was going on. I mean, I'm I'm emotionally distressed. I'm, I'm hearing live music in a place where I used to play live music, and I got overcome, not with the desire to drink, but the desire to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> so I drove to a uh, gas station, and I went in, and I tried to buy a pack of cigarettes, which I, I've never done before and i didn't really know how to do it so i stood there for a ridiculously long time trying to figure out how to do it and then i said i said to the guy i want some of those because I, I have smoked cigarettes before, but it's always like bumming them off people and stuff, mm-hmm. like just, you know, raw drinking and they're smoking, so I smoke or whatever. But I'd never purchased cigarettes before, Mom. and so I said, and so do they come with the lighter or are you to buy the lighter separately? And the guy said, <laughs> You don't know. I mean, he's looking at a guy who's fifty years old buying a pack of cigarettes who's clearly never done it before. You're a beginner
3: at your age. Yeah, no wonder he was confused.
4: He said no the lighter doesn't come with them. I said well, I I need a lighter also I guess. <laughs> and uh yeah I smoked two cigarettes that night. And again a good friend of mine said nobody starts smoking in their 50s. So I I abandoned that as a yeah as, an, as a way to to make myself feel better. It didn't make me feel better anyway. Just gave you gross breath. <laughs> well my pink unsmoked lungs uh, as I've never been a smoker, my pink, unsmoked lugs did not enjoy the cigarette. I felt nauseous quite quickly and thought, what the hell was that for? Anyway, what? how did I get on that story? What made me think of me smoking cigarettes? Oh, I mentioned that cigarette sales oh, rose yeah. for the first time in 20 years. And it caught my ear because, you know, since I've at least uh, taken one step down the road of maybe becoming a smoker, I want to know how, how expensive it's gotten. Uh, and, um inflation that's what i was going to talk about do i have time to get into this Eh, i'll do a short version uh inflation yeah, or, or do interesting... a long version next segment chew up some innings as they say in baseball yeah 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 i'll do it on a broken leg like that pitcher did last night yeah and so then, then the confirmed... guy on twitter who commented and and like trolled him and i'm so fascinated by this guy they confirmed that the atlanta braves pitcher had a broken leg while he pitched the perfect inning. Yeah, he
3: broke his uh, d- d- fibula, I think it was. He took a line drive off of it, and he hung in the game, but after a while, the twisting motion of pitching started oh. to really hurt.
4: Oh, man, I'll bet.
3: It was like Tiger Woods when he won the U.S. Open on a broken leg. This is probably a somewhat similar, well, somewhat similar injury. But so that is, is it's great and heroic. It's tough for the Braves, which I have adopted as my team, but I'm fascinated by this guy who, who trolled it, and said, yeah, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, not a broken leg. And everybody responded to him, "Uh, yeah, broken fibula, it's a bone in the leg, he has a broken leg. Don't let the facts get in the way of your idiotic tweets. And so I wanted to know, who is this guy? And, And he has zero followers, not one. And I'm scrolling through his feed, he has dozens and dozens of tweets about the Houston Astros baseball team. He tweets all the time about him. He retweets other people. I mean, like Minouche, guy, hey, seven-pitch inning for Chavez. The Mets Mets can't even put a bat together, an at bat together, let alone some offense. Team is unwatchable right now. Hashtag Mets. And he just doesn't and doesn't. Do, is he aware he has no followers?
4: Does he know how to find that out? Because he, every day, tweets about baseball, To no one. So he could go out into his backyard and yell his comments and have more likelihood of having someone hear it than when he tweets.
3: Yeah, yeah. But if you're familiar with Twitter at all, never comment. Never. Never one retweet. Never one you're wrong. Never one you're right. Just nothing. (laughs) Silence. And yet he tweets. It's either a story of courage and perseverance, or being just completely fruit loops. Well, I got half a mind to tell the entire audience to just follow this guy today. Has anybody that would be ever kind s- of
4: funny? <laughs> Do we have anybody listening who started smoking after the age of say thirty-five? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. And inflation, the many, many different facets of this wonderful phenomenon we're living through right now. On the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The Armstrong and Getty
4: Show. We got this text. Jack, I guarantee you the clerk thought you were buying the cigarettes for an underage girl waiting in your car. It was wow. a sketchy part of town and a sketchy convenience store. So maybe that's... I don't know. I just think he thought I was a doofus. <laughs> Nobody starts smoking in their 50s is a good good rule to live by. Um... So uh, a couple of interesting inflation articles that I came across. Um, one in the New York Times about all the hidden kinds of inflation that exist. And I think Joe touched on this earlier in the week, and we'll hit some more of it. But then it linked to this other article that I started reading. Nobody really knows how the economy works. A Fed paper is the latest sign. Um, a, a Fed paper that's making, been making the rounds in the world of economics, which I'm sure is a fun world to live in. The dismal science. Oh, to live Um, in that world. The feds put out a paper in which they claim. Well, I'll just read the first paragraph. It it has long been a central tenet of mainstream economic theory that public fears of inflation tend to be self-fulfilling inflation. A lot of inflation is emotional. You get word that there's inflation. You start fearing inflation. You start buying more stuff. They have to create more stuff faster, which means they may have to work harder and faster to create more stuff, which raises the prices of labor and all kinds of materials. And and you create inflation. By thinking there's inflation, you create inflation. Um, now, though, the Federal Reserve has put out a paper saying, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as uh, emotional inflation. That is a myth, and here is why. Wow. The paper disputes ideas that people's expectations for future inflation matter for the label inflation experienced today. It would seem pretty clear to me that the current Fed put out that paper at the urging of someone to deny what is clearly true to try to tamp down inflation. Judy and or I worries
3: specifically, or something. categorically, bought a house because we said, if we don't buy it now, we'll never be able to afford it during the big real estate run up of the early 2000s. A lot of people are doing
4: that with all kinds of stuff now. Sure. Yeah,
3: that's 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 hilariously disingenuous. Anyway, you're right. That's 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 a hit piece or a spin piece.
4: This other article about the shadow inflation taking place all around us and we've talked about all these different sorts of things about how cereal boxes are so thin. I guess they caught on to the fact that they noticed that if they actually shrink the like the, the 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 way the package looks, we notice right away. The cereal box looks the same, but they're like as as wide as the TV guide for anybody old enough to know that. Um, I mean, they, they, <laughs> there's hardly anything in the cereal box, and there's so many examples. I think you were mentioning from something that you came across um, how uh, hotels are are cleaning less. Yeah,
3: um, the uh, the shrinkflation is the cereal boxes. I've heard it. Are you about to unleash the new term on us? skimpflation that's Skimplation. what they're calling the uh less service worse service so you don't get towels whatever skimpflation
4: yeah you go to the restaurant and they don't refill they either don't they have less employees maybe because they can't find them but they just hire fewer employees so it takes longer to get a drink or or how often you go to this guy was traveling around and he gave all the examples he thought that he could come up with going to hotels that offer a breakfast but now instead of like Eight different cereals that you could choose from down at the so-called breakfast that they have at the uh, at the hotel. You got kind of three sad cereals there (laughs) and, you know, one kind of juice. I mean, just all kinds of different ways that they can do it. I hadn't even thought of this one, but I have noticed it fairly recently. When I go to do the window wiper thing, when I fill up with gas, how often there's not window wiper fluid there or there's not paper towels in the paper towel thing. Another example of, I guess, skimpflation or just cutbacks that they don't think you'll notice, but, you know, it's easier than raising the price of this or that.
3: Right. You can't swing a dead economy without hitting another story of some business that can't find help. We were talking earlier about the, the fabulous new, soon-to-be, uh, universal pre-K, government pre-K, which is so good for the kids, except it's neutral or bad for the kids, but they already can't find child care workers. So now we're going to mandate government-paid-for child care all across America. Where are those people going to come from? What's it, what's it going to take to pay them? And they'll immediately unionize, of course, and become another powerful uh, government union. And will keep their jobs no matter how how much they abuse the kids. But that's fine. Keep voting for it. That's great.
4: So uh, if you want to, keep a lookout for this shadow inflation that is taking place all around us, according to the New York Times. And any examples you have, you could text or email us uh, so over the weeks or the years, I hope I don't know how long this inflation is going to last. But um, on one hand, this sneaky shadow inflation, um, maybe because we don't notice it as, as much, it doesn't have as much emotional impact. Because obviously, despite what the Federal Reserve just said in their lovely paper, obviously inflation has an emotional component. And maybe this. Shadow inflation stuff doesn't affect us as much emotionally. You go to the restaurant and your meal costs twice as much. You say, "What the hell? It's nineteen dollars for uh, eggs and bacon." Maybe the eggs and bacon didn't go up, but they don't have uh, salt on the table, and uh, they only got two kinds of soda. Or you know, the, they clean the bathrooms left less often. That was a good example they gave. Everywhere, just clean the bathrooms half as often. You cut so back gross. on costs there. All kinds of different ways that inflation is hitting you, but you don't quite notice.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and I I almost want to quibble about the term emotional when it comes to the emotional aspect of inflation, because it's a practical strategy. We're going to need this sooner or later. Let's buy it now while it's less expensive. Then it it can become emotionally uh, emotional, certainly.
4: Yeah, that's not yeah. that you don't have to be in panic buying mode to decide if I'm going to buy a big screen TV. Let's buy it now instead of at Christmas because they're going to be more expensive then or something.
3: Right. Yeah, indeed. Just got an email from Wally in San Francisco. Jack, did smoking those cigarettes stop you from drinking? Did it divert or rechannel the urge to return to drinking alcohol? Did it what? Did it re-vert? divert or re- divert. rechannel the urge to return to drinking alcohol?
4: Uh, no, I think what I was doing is I was walking. I think I was doing. I actually have talked to a couple of professionals about this. Who this was their theory? I was taking baby steps toward doing the big bad thing, which would be drinking again, by perp- by by knowingly doing something that was bad for me. I was just uh-huh. like incrementally heading that direction. And it's weird. Psychology of this sort of stuff is weird. I don't know if I buy it all or not. But So I was going to get a pizza, which was near a bar where a band I was in used to play. I heard live music and wanted to go over to hear it. But as uh, some professional said to me, well, okay, that all may be true, but the reality is you were parked outside one of your favorite bars during a time where you're emotionally upset and decided you want to smoke cigarettes. What does that look like to you? Yeah. 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 When you look at it that way, it's kind of pretty easy math. Sure. Sure
3: rings true certainly.
4: Yeah. Psychology is your brain is more complicated or your ability to deceive yourself is greater than you think.
3: Well, that's 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 begging the question, man. <laughs> we don't have time to elaborate, but we do have time to tell you. If you ever miss a fascinating segment, get it Armstrong and Getty On Demand, armstrongandgetty.com.
1: Armstrong and Getty. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of
3: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: I don't know what you do. I don't think I had COVID. My son tested positive for COVID. I'm home with him right now because I might have it, although I've tested negative, but I got to be around him. He's got it. So eventually I'm going to catch it if I'm around somebody with COVID constantly probably maybe we've gotten a bunch of emails and stuff from people who said,
3: yeah, we're in a group and three of us got a three of us. Didn't I've gotten some texts from friends,
4: but parents, you may have had this situation yourself. If your kid gets the COVID at school or whatever, or they make him stay home, you can't hire a sitter. Say, can you come watch my kid with COVID so that I don't get COVID? It doesn't work that way. Wow. It's just, as I always knew it would be around COVID. I'm not, I'm not worried about my kid's health really or mine. But what a pain in the A it is for the number of days that they have to stay out of school, and then you got to stay home from work, and it just just snowballs. Anyway, my son just said to me, he said, I can't smell anything, which I'm not sure if I would notice if I couldn't smell anything. But he just said, it's weird. I can't smell anything, just like all of a sudden. He's like going around sniffing things. Wow. But he already tested positive, so it's not a question with him. I'm going to try my coffee to make sure. Hang on. I got sore throat, but I'm testing negative.
2: Mm,
3: Nasty, half-warm, bitter. eh. Yep, I'm fine.
4: (laughs) Was that your attitude or your coffee? (laughs) Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Wall Street Journal. The Bernie Sanders experiment for America's children. Taxpayers won't be the only ones hurt by the reconciliation bill's pre-K program. So... We don't talk a lot about legislation on the Armstrong and Getty show because I don't like hearing about it uh, most of the time. But we got a couple of giant multi trillion dollar bills that are working their way through Congress. It changes every day how they're going to pay for it. They've stripped a few things out along the way as it's pared down from the six trillion that Bernie and company wanted down to something like three trillion, and maybe it ends up at two trillion. This is the human infrastructure bill. This is all on top of the other $1.5 trillion that will pass along with it. Yeah, but so they're the, calling
3: it the domestic spending bill on Fox. I think that's a good descriptor.
4: Uh, okay, that's fine. Um, they stripped out the extra year of a free college. So they're going to give you free college. They stripped out the old folks get everything with Medicare for free. They stripped out a number of things. But the one thing that looks like it's going to stay in it, and this is going to pass in some form, Is the pre-K. Now, this is pitched to us all the time by progressive politicians my entire adult life as something to even the playing field for kids all across America. Pre-K. It's another year of education before kindergarten. And everybody only rich people can afford this. And Hillary and Bill and Barack Obama and Bernie and all that crowd have been pitching this stuff forever. And I have been forever saying on the air, every study I've ever seen of this says it doesn't do any good. So it's not education. It's just free child care. We're just talking about child care. Why don't we just say, do we want to have taxpayers fund childcare for everybody in America starting at age four? Why don't we have that conversation? Because pre-K doesn't exist. Uh, and I'm about to get into some of the details of that from the Wall Street Journal. But I will quote a, a workmate, somebody we work with who's been down this road. So they had their kid in a regular daycare sort of thing, and the kid liked it. And they decided that they were going to get their kid into TK, which is what they call it in California, transitional kindergarten, which is pre-K, which is going to go national here soon. Horror of horrors. But so the person at the regular childcare. Wrote him a long letter explaining to him why why they really should not move their kid out of the 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 the, the they were paying for it child care to the free using my finger quotes t care. You know, I'm just relieved that
3: transitional care in California. I assume that meant little four year olds who are little girls
4: but wanted to become little boys. Different transition, apparently. Yeah, transition to kindergarten, uh, TK, pre K, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so this uh, this person who was watching their kid was really begging them, don't do this. This is what I've seen. This is what this is why it's so terrible. And they were like, don't tell us what to do. First of all, it's going to save us a lot of money. Secondly, you do know, was businesses of yours. They got their kid kid into the TK kid was miserable up to the point of crying about how miserable they were at TK. The Wall Street Journal gets into that with a couple of different studies. So there are a number of studies. New York Times quotes them. Um, wow, you know, all kinds. the lefty New York Times. That's notable. Brooking Institution with their study on it. Um, Early Childhood Research Quarterly by Vanderbilt put out a story on it. And, um, and then uh, ending with one from up in Canada. So several studies show that pre-K does not do any good. You are not getting... Any benefit education-wise at it, kids do end up testing ahead of other kindergartners who didn't have pre-K. Duh. That kind of makes sense in that um, if you did get some education in some of the school things, you would be ahead of the kids that didn't. The thing is, is that the other kids catch up to them very quickly. And the studies show, in several of these cases, that the kids that did the pre-K fall behind the kids that didn't. Well, okay, so what's going on there? Well, a couple of studies have shown that kids aren't ready for an educational environment at age 3 and 4 the way they are at 5 and 6. And it actually does more harm than good. So not only do you not get any long-lasting educational benefit, there are several studies that show that it does permanent harm. You know, that's interesting. That's what I was
3: going to guess. I was going to guess that the kids are, in effect, slightly burnt out already. They've got the feeling of, oh, no, not this again. At age five or six, oh, yeah. yeah, stress yeah. or yeah. You and, know, call it what you will.
4: And taking them out of an um, a environment that we were kind of designed for to be around our parents and friends and just playing and hanging out that's what we're uh, emotionally and mentally built for the neuroscience on this seems to be pretty clear from a number of these different studies you get him into a learning environment and that's that's taking away something that is very valuable. So it actually is harmful for children. Wow. It looks like at this point, pre-K is going to become the law of the land. It is something that is going to happen. It is going to become part of the social structure where people send their kids to pre-K. Just like now, almost all parents send their kids to kindergarten. It is going to be paid for by taxpayers forever. And it is harmful at the worst and of zero benefit at best. And we've had no expensive.
3: serious, widespread national discussion about it.
4: And there's and you haven't even heard anybody delightful. talk about it. Yeah. You just hear uh, the media mention pre-K and now pre-K, universal pre-K. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Every kid now gets an even playing field. Blah blah blah. BS.
3: You know, I'm not claiming that everybody involved is a Marxist. There are plenty of uh, people who are well intentioned or just don't get it or you know they've been swept along by the tide. But it's one of the tenets of Marxism that the state should raise your child. The family should not raise their child. The state should to ensure indoctrination into Marxist ideology. And I had a Marxist professor in college who believed that very much, that the, the kids should be whisked away from the parents at the earliest possible moment. I mean, like a puppy. You got to let them get this six weeks, but then the
4: state grabs them. She actually believed that. Well, the Wall Street Journal, their conclusion was pre-K is just one part of a larger plan for the federal government to be involved in child care from an earlier and earlier age. Yeah, so it's there what you're just talking yeah. about. It's getting a hold of your kid, and uh, there will be some indoctrination of some kind. I mean, you know that just like they, if you've got a kid in public school, you know how they hammer them with the gl- climate change and environmental stuff from the get-go. So your kid becomes very green very soon. Maybe you think that's good, but it is an indoctrination. There's no doubt about that, whether you think it's a good idea or a bad idea. Then you see
3: the studies that say kids are so stressed out over environmental change
4: that they can't function. Yeah, Yeah, how'd they get that way? Huh? Taught from the age of five that the world is going to end soon if your dad doesn't start driving that big pickup truck. Right,
3: right. I quoted the Rolling Stone article the other day. The headline said, Joe Manchin is literally cooking the planet. Every living creature will soon be in terrible peril of a fiery death. Without irony, they're printing this crap. Because of one you guy. Ma- yeah, imagine a five-year-old kid reading that. Jeez, Louise! I don't know. Ah, we're off the rails here.
4: This, I have to not think about this, or it makes me, like, super neurotic crazy. The fact that a democracy cannot function at, at, at this level. This is not being discussed. I have not seen anybody bring forward any positive studies about pre-K on how it's a good idea. The paying for it part of it nobody's even talking about what it's going to cost. Where the hell are you going to get all the teachers? We went, if, if you want to hear a full rundown of this, listen to Hour 2, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com, because I read the actual studies in more detail, and we did all the texts that we got from a whole bunch of people that brought up a whole bunch of good points. They don't have enough teachers at all grades already, so now we're going to add a whole nother grade where we don't have enough teachers? What, what is that going to do? How about all the private preschools all across the country that are going to shut down and all these people are going to lose uh, lose their wages, lose their business over this whole thing. For something, they got to get in line and march into the government preschools. Uh, there's some. Uh, there's at least one of the drafts for this included. You had to have a particular college education to be a pre K teacher. So a lot of good daycares where they don't have a particular college degree in it, they won't qualify. Right. Part of right. the whole force you into college, student loan thing that we talked about yesterday. Well, and as any business person or military recruiter or you know, similar
3: person can tell you, if you have a shortage of people to meet your standards, you have two choices. You can either lower your standards or you can significantly increase the pay to to attract them. And so you have a field uh, early childhood education or early child just call it child care. That's already desperately short of humans. And now you're going to make it quote unquote free government child care. You will need Hundreds of millions, hundreds of thousands, millions, probably probably a million or more new humans doing that gig and you can't fill the jobs already. So what's the result going to be? People with grievously low uh, skill level dealing with our most vulnerable, or are we going to have to pay them enormous amounts of money? And then of course, as I said before, they'll become unionized and then God help the children. What a cheery segment. But, you know, wake up and and smell the diapers. This is a terrible, (laughs)
4: terrible idea. (laughs) Wake up and taste the paste. Taste the tears of the children. I'll tell you what, a compromise, and unfortunately. Taste the paste is pretty funny, and I ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) A a terrible compromise might be that, okay, if it's going to happen, don't teach them anything. Based on these studies, don't quit trying to pass it off as education we're better off if you don't if we're gonna have if we're gonna have government uh, child care that we all chip in on just let them freaking play because the studies show that where you actually try to educate them you're doing the more harm than good thank you bernie
3: yeah yeah great job thank you child abuser and 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 communist bernie sanders bernard Bernard sanders Sanders. you're a loser (laughs) Uh, nice. Well crafted, Michael. A couple of quick emails. Hey, guys, why isn't anyone talking about how much better it is for kids to be at home with their parents for as long as possible up to age five? Yeah, you can't well, say we, that.
4: Not politically
3: we, correct. We are, sir. And then uh, another one that says, guys, can you please post link to your sources for studies and things to hot links? We try to do that. Some of it's paywall, Zach. Yeah, but, Wall Street uh, Journal's tough. Yeah, I'll, but we'll, we'll try to do our best. Look under hot links. If it's possible, we'll have it there for you at Armstrong and
4: armstrongandgetty.com. Okay, Um, and we'll finish strong as we do every day. Stay tuned.
1: Armstrong and Getty. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect.
2: at luckylandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show. I
0: think you made Don't need a minute. the sunrise. Yeah, you're never gonna find someone who loves you like me.
4: So we were trying to dig up a little sound, but we chose not to on uh, MSNBC is having a long conversation about Kirsten Cinema, who is the uh, senator from Arizona, who is bisexual. And apparently it's come quite a conversation. So she is one of two senators that are holding up Democrats from just completely running wild on spending. I think if you didn't have those two, we might end up with six trillion dollars on that one package. I don't know. You you don't know how many other people would uh, would come out of the woodwork. They're all happy to have two brave senators step up against the herd (laughs) Um, and, and take and take the bullet for them. Uh, but you all know Joe Manchin from Virginia, who said, no, 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 I'm not going for this stuff. I won't go for that much money. And Kirsten Cinema, Cinema, but she has done no interviews. I didn't realize this until yesterday. She has not said at all what she wants in or out, what her number is. She's just said she's a no vote. So she's a little harder to pin down. Well, anyway, because she is bisexual and kind of openly proud of that and was really embraced early on. By the LGBTQ plus community when she got elected as senator, they have now turned on her and that say, say she is a bad representative of the, as of the LGBTQ plus community. And, uh, and uh, they're ashamed of her, blah, 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 that whole thing. So MSNBC was going on long about how <laughs> she doesn't wear proper attire according to Senate rules and various things that they would never say wow. previously, probably. Well, I heard somebody say she she reinforces bad stereotypes about bisexual
3: people, like she can't be trusted or flits back and forth between different ideas.
4: Oh, my God. So, I know. Oh my God, these people, they're so vicious and crazy. It's It's exactly the point that Dave Chappelle was making in his stand-up special about the people that really turned on his trans friend was the trans community. When she came to his defense, they turned on her so viciously that she killed herself.
3: Wow, that's so sad.
4: Yeah, so anyway, the uh, uh, to some extent, the left-wing media and the gay community is turning on their senator because she's not voting the way some Democrats think she should. Politics is weird,
3: man. Well, you can turn on her, but to suggest she's bad at being bisexual, I mean, that's just odd. She
4: married to a dude? I don't remember. I don't pay that much attention to that sort of stuff, believe it or not. No, I'm just glad she's holding the
3: line against the horrifically damaging uh, spending. That'll turn I us got into admit, friends.
4: When I, when I see her walking the halls of Washington, uh, the Capitol, with a thigh-high boots on, I think, eh, it's a different
1: look.
3: Arr, that's what I think.
1: Hmm. And now, final thoughts with... I'm Strong and Getty! I
4: like it. Uh, here's your host what? for Final he Thoughts. shouting. That
3: Shout was just a guy me. shouting. <laughs> All right, let's get a final thought for everybody on the crowd. Just to wrap up the day, He pressed the buttons in the control room. There he is, Michelangelo.
2: Michael. Yeah, early in the show, we talked about retouching school photos. My parents retouched my school photos. They added a third eye to my face, and uh, we sent them to Grandma. She didn't get the joke. It was a very tough time.
3: <laughs> Beautiful. Young Alex is our behind-the-scene producer.
4: He has a final thought. Alex? Yeah, you know, we were talking about skimflation and how things are starting to, you know, use less services. When we went to Wyoming, we noticed that in the hotel room. Uh, they didn't bring us fresh towels, and the soap was left over from the last people who were there. Ew. Ew. Ooh. Oh, my. Ew. Who knows where that's been? Well, I do. Uh, Jack, a final thought for the folks? I'll use the same towels I used the night before. That's no big deal. But I don't want somebody else's soap. <laughs> it's it's clean. It's soap. By definition, it's clean. So I feel sick. I got a sore throat. I feel I got all the symptoms of COVID. I've been living with two people that tested positive for COVID. But I have not tested positive for COVID. Anybody got any ideas? What are you supposed to do in this situation? I don't know what to do. So uh, my final thought is I'm rooting for the Atlanta Braves because
3: I want the conversation had over and over again about how stupid, knee-jerky, foolish, idiotic it was for Major League Baseball to yank the all-star game out of majority black Atlanta, put it in lily-white Denver over racial concerns, voting rights, when Colorado has the same voting laws more or less as Georgia anyway. I just want their face rubbed in it. Go Braves.
4: Yeah, well, you want the ceremony to be in Atlanta. Houston yes. could win in Atlanta, or Atlanta could win in Houston. So we just of course, want it's the... a Texas team, so that's pretty good, too. Oh, yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour
3: workday. So many people who thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links are there. You can get some A&G swag, the Let's Go branded T-shirts, hoodies, and that's very popular. If you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. our Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, and all we the sure podcasts got... are available on demand,
4: too. We sure got a lot of reaction to the pre-K conversation. Email or text about that. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Let's go, Brandon. Listen up, Jack Wagon. I want to hear this. There's no conversation. There's not. There's no adult dialogue,
1: if you will. It's just...
2: Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And yet, he
1: tweets. It's um, insane. Like, Eddie well, it like, also
2: makes me feel bad. <laughs> These conversations are intrinsically
1: multifaceted. I hope I never recover from this. Are you sh**?
2: I'm gonna call my
4: lawyer, gonna. But if we don't, if so we then, don't. it's like rain on your wedding day. Well, i the frickin' God.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The
4: cat